RadioInfluence.com. Hello, what's happening? Rock Rowdy here with The Rock Stops Here. I talk with A-listers, how they made it to the top in their profession, whether it be sportscasting, whether it be as an athlete in the NFL, MLB, NHL, uh, MMA, the UFC, boxing. And in this case, this is broadcasting. And uh, this is pretty good. He's very, very honest. Mike Waters was known as Manson on the Bubba the Love Sponge show for over 20 years, 20-some years. And they made it to the top. They made it to Howard Stern's channel on Sirius XM, Howard 101. Howard Stern brought Bubba the Love Sponge and his show to Sirius XM. When Howard was starting, he went, Howard Stern went from terrestrial radio. He was on markets across the country. He was number one in the morning as the shock jock. He is the king of all media. And when he was going to Sirius, they gave him, besides his show on Howard 100, they gave him another channel, Howard 101. And he specifically brought in Bubba the Love Sponge and Bubba's gang to be afternoon drive on Howard 101. That was the top with Howard Stern. And they were all over the country. They would do meet and greets and comedy shows. They were big in Canada. They sold out Las Vegas. They were on top of the world. And then it all came crashing down. And Manson will tell uh, very honestly from his in his own words. What happened? What happened and what he's doing now? Now, I know some of you might be tuning in. Maybe, oh, it's not a sports person. Well, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. And uh, and so that's what I'm doing here today. And I'm going to continue just trying to entertain, man. Now, at the end of this, I was very interesting. And it was also, uh, it, it really hit me, man. Uh, I went out to NFL starting guard for the or a tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Donovan Smith he had a cornhole tournament to benefit autism and I went to it uh Joe Buck's fan paid for me to be in it I played cornhole in the tournament and I got to mingle with the players and the fans that came and it was the first time in two years that fans and players we're able to just mingle and hang out together, and it was really something. It really kind of blew me away. Uh, so while I'll get into that a little bit, uh, maybe I'll sprinkle in a couple of di- different stories. I will from with Manson and Bubba the Love Sponge and all that. But without further ado, very honest, and hopefully, I will be able to bring on Bubba. We'll see. You know, it depends on if he wants to do it. Uh, I would like to get his side of the story. I had Brent Hatley on. Brent Hatley also talked. If you didn't uh, catch that, Brent went to the, he went from Bubba and then he went out to LA, did a couple of shows there. And then Howard Stern brought him to Howard Stern's show in New York. And he lived there and he was working for Howard Stern for a couple of years. So that episode is still available. Radioinfluence.com or wherever you get you just type in the rock. The rock stops here. Rock Raleigh. All right. Went to the home, the home studio of Ned Manson, the one, the only. And I really appreciate it. He, he welcomed me into his home, he and his wife. Here he is, Mike Waters. All righty. I am with the legendary Mike Waters, better known as Manson. So many years on Bubba the Love Sponge. And it's just an honor to be sitting in your studio here in your home, Mike Waters. How are you? Thank you. Oh, it's great to see you rock, man. Always, always one of my favorite people down at the old WFLA slash 3.3 building. Do you remember those days? Do you oh, my God. Those when, days? Radio, when radio was radio. You know what? I'll never forget when I first got down here. And it was January 94. Okay. Yeah, 1994. It was FLZ. Hello, Power Pig. And you and, and Power Pig, Bubba, and 970 WFLA News. And they had a big Christmas party and it was at the station. And they had a red carpet and they had the stuff out back and food, blah, blah, blah. 
and all these sponsors, all these politicians. I was sitting in the newsroom. Oh, you got to sit here and see if somebody wants a tour. Everybody wanted to go in to see the Bubba show. And I remember you couldn't even push the door open. And I mean, you're talking about, I think there was like a, a congressman and salespeople. And it was, it was, that was something back in the day, man. It was rock star stuff. It was right. ro- the radio's not like that anymore. It really is. It was, I mean, like you said, it was a Christmas party and that thing was catered. There was limos, there was music. It was like, I bet nobody does that at all anymore. (laughs) I mean, they, they would, of course they were getting record company money. (laughs) Ah, 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 Just kidding. No, there was no payola ever in my entire career. I never witnessed it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I got you on a lie detector test. All right. Let's, let's just start though, Mike, how I remember actually, uh, for those that are not, you know what? Those that might have followed you guys and Bubba the Love Sponge and you, Manson, might not have known. I remember that you were doing, you went out to Iowa. Was it Iowa? Or yeah, uh, Quad Cities, the Quad Cities. Doing a morning show with Pat Laura. Was that it? Back in the, Was that Mike it? Mike and Pat in the morning, Quad Cities, <laughs> for eight months. <laughs> Was it because you were getting your own show and, and, and did you, you know, learn and what was that experience like back in the day? Oh, I, yeah, I certainly learned from that experience. What I you know didn't know, I was young, you know, I was 20, no, I was probably 30, it's probably 30 years old and I was uh-huh. young and cocky and we thought Mike and Patcha was the, you know, we were just doing, the Power Pig was such a great, how radio used to be was such a great thing. You know, I worked on the morning show, and if you went to, to, to Mark Chase, the program director, and said, Mark, you know, can I do a 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. Saturday shift with Pat? You know, we're kind of working on something. He'd go, go knock yourself out, man. Wow. That, that doesn't exist anymore. But that's, right. you know, that's how, that's how I started, you know, just doing that. And we went up there and thinking that we replaced somebody like Ron and Ron in Tampa. We replaced Dwyer and Michaels, who'd been number one for like six, ten years. Just, you know, they were institutions. And not only that, they were going across the street. And I'm, me being stupid and young, you know, in the radio business, I'd only been in the radio business a few years. I was like, let's go. I listened to tapes of them. I said, these guys suck. We'll kill them. Right. No, everybody went to listen to Dwyer and Michaels because people hate change. They hate change. So I learned that, you know, that's, you know, you got to be realistic. Too. And so we went up there and it's just, you know, the ratings, you know, tanked because everybody was listening to Dwyer and Michael. So <laughs> and, and they I gave see. us eight months and everybody knows a new morning show. You got to give them got to give them a year, a year and right. a half to even make any traction. Right. But it worked out. You know, the timing actually worked out good for me. Okay, it was so interesting living up north for a year. Yeah. I, I, no, I know I never want to do it again. Uh, 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 uh. So you come back to Tampa and then was that you hooked up with Bubba? How did that, how did that come about? I got fired and just so happened a couple months later, they offered Bubba the morning gig at 98 Rock. And I'd always, I'd, when I was at the Power Pig, they wouldn't use my bits I mean, some of them, you know, I had to do bits specifically for the morning show, but the stuff I did that I liked was more blue, more dirty. Yes. And so I had to, one day I just, you know, had all these bits and I went up to Bubba and back then there were carts. Yes. Like eight track tapes. And so I got this stag and I said, Hey Bubba. And he was, you know, we weren't like, we were like oil and water kind of, we never really hung out, but you know, I knew who he was. He knew who I was. He's like, what do you want Buckwheat? And I said, I got all these bits and nobody will play them. And I said, I don't want money for him. I said, but you could play them all if you want. And he went, I'll play that. I don't know if he's going to watch Yeah, you can. can so you can you can play the shit out of him. <laughs> and he did. And I think uh, that, that you know, really helped his show, added another dimension to his show, because he was playing all the, the bits that I gave him. Right. And plus, you know, he was, you know, obviously immensely talented. Right. And uh, then, so when I was fired and they offered him that, it's just a, like synchronicity. He was like, you, you know, Buckwheat, you, you want to be on a morning show? And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> Perfect That's timing. Right. We're coming Buckwheat. back to Tampa, right. 98 Rock morning show. Dream come true. Wow. Wow. Very fortuitous. Yeah. And then you guys were off. That was, that was a good run there, right? At 98 Rock. Took a while. Rock. Took, I think oh, a couple, three years. Oh. I think the pig trial, all the publicity of the pig trial catapulted us to number one and once we, we were number one we never looked back now that's interesting because people would think oh man you're dead in the water all oh, this is terrible oh my god the hog was slaughtered in the parking lot of blah 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 it's terrible it's publicity man ted webb who was uh 
my kind of like a mentor. He has, he's since passed away and he was always like, don't ask for, you know, do it, you know, ask yeah. for forgiveness later. You know yep. what I mean? And no publicity is bad publicity. Do, true. You know it's what? True. I remember during that hog trial with Bubba, I never saw you in court. It was always Brandon. Did you want to stay out of that, uh, Mike? There, there were certain things like when this was going on, the the hog incident, they were having a roadkill barbecue. And I was fine with that, you know, roadkill. And they were like, they got this hog they got you know, out there. And they're like, you know, we're going we're gonna to butcher the hog. And I was like in the studio, I was like, I was like I'm out, guys. I said, that, this is bad news. I said, I'm not doing this. And I, I said, I'm going to be in the other room. I said, I just, you know, I just don't think you should be doing this. And they were like, all right, see ya. <laughs> so when, when they interviewed me, I was like, whatever you heard on the radio is what I heard. Because I was in my studio listening to Doodle on the radio because I didn't, didn't seem like, see, so I didn't have to, any, to face any charges or anything. I never knew that. I was like, so I you, was like come on, we're not killing a pig live on the air, are we guys? Wow. Yeah, we're going to do it. Got to go. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm sure, man, over 20, what was it, about 22 years or so were you with the Bubble of Love Sponge uh, show? Oh, it was over 20, right? Isn't it is 20 or more? 23, I believe. 23, 23 years. years. Yeah. 23 years. a long years. time. Oh, my God. In one market. It's a lucky, you know, radio guys don't get to do that very often. One market, 23 years. I mean, many different stations. Sure, sure. <laughs> Were there times where you would just drive out of there and like, oh my God, I can't believe what we did today. <laughs> just How many how many times could you count? Or? Well, many times I was, because I'm like, I'll give Bubba credit for, you know, he was an, he was an excellent businessman. And so like a lot of the, the things that you would find shocking, the sexual things, right. when I, when I, he asked me to, to join his show and we had a meeting, it was a meeting with all the guys on the show and they're talking to me about joining the show. And I said, you know, I'd really like to do that. I said, but I got three kids and I've been married for this amount of years. And I said, I can't be in there with strippers and girls, you know, taking their clothes. I said, that's just not who I am. And he was like, no problem. And he never, you know, if there was a girl, you know, within 50 yards of the studio, he said, you can get, you can get out of here. Really? So I never, I never, I mean, obviously I experienced a lot of other shocking things like, <laughs> like the pig and on serious people. I mean, one to one year we had people in diapers seeing who could go to the bathroom first to win a thousand dollars. They were on the staff, the own staff, the staff, the own staff is all five guys because of a thousand dollars. And it's like, I'm in there with five guys in diapers and I'm like, I I think somebody, and if somebody finally won, it was hard. They, you know, nobody could make, you know, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure rock. Oh my that God, kind of, I man. Mean, a lot of things I probably shouldn't even describe on a podcast. I mean, <laughs> the never, shed, the, 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 oh my God, never a dull moment, never a dull moment. Shit flying in the fan. The people that came through there and Gene Lasker, uh, uh, redneck, but a good man, right? I know you're oh, Gene, Gene Lasker. Lasker one of very one of my, entertaining. One of my favorite people. Oh, very entertaining. He's a guy you could cancel in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a good heart, man. He's got a good heart. He seems like that. I met him one or, one or two times. He's a character. But, so, I, but you're talking about all those antics. Yes. And I look, and when we were on Sirius, probably it was the greatest radio ever, ever produced. It was just amazing. It was looking, going, was so much fun. Just going to work every day. So exciting. So much fun. And just to, to have that thrown away for, for no reason, just that still sticks in my cross. Like I bet. We, we were this, if you're the next Howard Stern, which we were, yes. you, he, he's making $500 million. Yeah. To throw that away? Yeah. No, you guys, you guys, you it's guys it, were it. it. And Howard loved, loved you guys. If you didn't know, Howard Stern had uh, another channel, Howard 101, and he put on a couple different shows, and the Bubba show, Bubba the Love Spun show, was the signature show. They had other shows. We were the afternoon drive You were afternoon drive. And, and we were I hugely always, popular, hugely know, popular. Oh my God. I remember you would do these the Bubba Paloozas meet and greets out in different places, and right? I've, we played to 5,000 people in, in uh, Calgary. At the Calgary Stampede. I mean, I was, I mean, that, you know, I lived my dream. I mean, I was uh, doing stand-up comedy 
which I, I wasn't a stand-up comedian, <laughs> yeah. but I learned to do it because yeah, yeah. I wanted to do live shows. And I, was, I go out there. It was great. It was in Canada. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to go out there and, and screw the Canadians. <laughs> so I sang Canadian uh, idiot. And I was telling them, I was really insulting them. And they, I didn't get halfway through it. They booed me off stage. So then I come back to do my act and I, and they still love it. So I was like, I was really flirting with disaster, but I, that's how we were. We were like, you know what? I'm in Canada. I'm going to give you that. And our fans awesome. love that. They awesome. love that. There was 5,000 no, people. No, I, I, you were rock stars. You were rock stars. Oh, God. How did it come about? We, okay, so he was, back in the day, he would play your, your bits, your parodies. You're very, very talented with that. And how did the Ned, uh, both voices, how you put, for years, even I didn't even know uh, for years. How did that come about? And you were able to pull that off. Pulled man. it off amazingly. Yeah. Uh, it, I, when I was in Iowa, I came up with a character. Came up with the character and had just started to do uh, prank calls as that character when we were fired. Um, and then I thought, well, I'll bring that back, you know, as a character down here. But just a phone, it, you know, it was just a phone prank character. It was not a, anything other than that. When I did the show, I never, up in Iowa, I was never a Ned and then that. But when I got down here, Bubba being Bubba, he's like, so Ned, you know, tell me about yourself, you know. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know, I got a wife and kids and, you know, living loots and, you know, and it's a whole, it's a whole deal. And, you know, then and eventually he would eventually he got to where he would wall himself off with computer monitors so we couldn't see him. That's just how the show was at 98 Rock. I couldn't see him. You know, I had a computer and talking. It made it made it so much easier. There was no eye contact. That's interesting. So it made it so much more real. It was real to us. I mean, it's it's, it's bizarre to say, but it's like I thought completely different as that character. You know, I'd, I have to like switch thought processes almost. And you do so it know right. Which one like, to who, who I was going to talk like. But he was brilliant at, at, you know, working that angle. He was, he's the master of, of fooling people. We fooled people for decades. <laughs> not for decades. <laughs> you know, then finally we Some went on. Some things I never even knew. You know, I believed it, man. I've been in radio, Finally we but. went on Twitch and, you know, it was a camera medium. And so we're like, well, we got to do something about the Ned deal. You know, oh, is that I see? I see. It was like no way around it. But when you would go out and do these shows and appearances around the country, and like you said in Canada, you would have this gentleman that was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, right here. (laughs) So, are you able to tell us? uh, That's my my father-in-law. Okay, so that's kind of how I modeled the look of the character after. I see. And then when you'd go to these shows, people were he, we would do believable. meet and greet. We'd do meet and greets before the before the concert. We'd do a meet and greet, and people would you know come up and so we'd sign autographs, shake hands, talk to him, and he would show up for the meet and greet, and we'd give him a couple hundred bucks, and then I would dress as Ned, and I'd be on stage, and they turn the lights down low. I see, and I think you know, I think you know, plenty of people knew, but they didn't care. They didn't care, and then a lot of people didn't know. They had no idea. Wow. <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories is somebody, it was at, I think we were in Las Vegas. I mean, you know, I played Las Vegas. I played the hard rock. I sold, we sold out the hard rock in Las Vegas, Nevada. You know, that's rock star stuff. And so we're, we're done with it. And I'm backstage and this guy comes up to me. He goes, oh man, I was in the bathroom. And this guy comes in and he's after Ned's show and he punches his hole in the drywall. And I was like, what's wrong, dude? And he says, I just found out there's no Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Bubba, he, Bubba told me that when he told David Wells, the pitcher for the Yankees. Oh, yes. No, no. That no. when he told David Wells that Ned wasn't real, David Wells cried. You are kidding me. <laughs> you are kidding me. People love Ned. They oh, love my him. God. Oh, my God. You had some great parody songs, too, about athletes and from the area. Oh, my God. I, I mean, we were real dicks. Yeah. I mean, real dicks to everybody. You, you know, it was pretty indiscriminate. You know, we we were dicks to everybody. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. But you know what? When you're when you're bringing the ratings that high, you could do that. You know what I mean? Pretty I remember mute. when you would go to a station, all the salespeople would be, oh my God, we got Bubba. You know what I mean? At that time? I mean, we got, I mean, we got fined $750,000 because we, we were out of control. I mean, we, we just did whatever we wanted. 
we just, I mean, you know, like I'd be, I would only, I'd believe bleep like a tiny bit of the U and a little bit of the C in my, right, in the F word, right? <laughs> you know, uh-huh. we're really pushing it. Uh-huh. So you can, you know, and then finally we got busted, but it's like, it's kind of up to management to tell you not to do that. If they listen to the show every day. They know the FCC rules. So I, I think that's why we eventually got paid. When we got fired for two years, we got paid. I see. I see. So, so. What what happened with Sirius? Was it Bubba was asking, we asking too much money? Yeah. They see it wasn't like they were gonna get rid of you or Howard didn't like you guys. There is so much so many different theories to that. So many different theories. I mean, the the obvious one would be I don't know, I don't even I can't even remember why, but he didn't get along with the head of Sirius, Scott Greenstein. The head guy, he didn't get along with him. And eventually he was, you know, really going after him on the air and he was having me make songs telling him to F off. <laughs> you know, like, that's the guy who's in charge, your boss. I mean, it could be as simple as that. How do you, how often do you tell your boss to F off and, and you, you keep your job? Or, I mean, here's a, here's a, here's a theory. This is my wife came up with this theory. My lovely wife, Donna, came up with it years ago. She's we were having record phone, you know, they don't really keep track of who listens on Sirius. Right. But they were saying during our show, blow the phones up like nobody, you know, more than Howard. And the theory is, I've been there before, is somebody calls in to your show, somebody calls into Howard's show and goes, man, I listen to Bubba Love Sponge more than you now. Or somebody calls in and says, man, that Bubba Love Sponge show is better than you. I don't care who you are. Human nature goes, I better nip this in the bud. Right. I can't have somebody better than me on my station. Right. That's a theory. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But, right. uh, you know, I, I think if I was if I was in charge and somebody's really nipping at my heels, I might be going, I like the guy. He's really talented, but I got to make all the money. And right. And you're gone. <laughs> right. I think right. Pretty good theory. A lot of theories. Right. The easiest one is shot ourselves in the foot again. They, I, I know they didn't offer us much money. Gotcha. They, they, whether it was a budgetary thing or wanting to get rid of, rid of his thing. And we made the foolish decision to leave and go on our own. It's that platform, that serious platform of millions of people. Why would you ever leave that? Especially with Howard Stern. It wasn't like you were just some would, show we, on some other faction or site. You were Howard we done Stern it for radio. Free and just toured the country like we were four to five times a year making and we made pretty good money because we sell, sold out everywhere we went. We sold out the Hard Rock in Vegas, and you have to put down a, like a liquor deposit or something. Well, no, actually, the woman just comes back there, and she says, uh, after, after the show, she says, this is the, the most liquor we've sold at any event in history. <laughs> yeah. They've they had would, quite a few events they would drink. There, man. <laughs> I, had, I had the same experience. I did a show with the Ritz. I did a show with me and Ned did a show. And we had that there. You had to pay an alcohol deposit, like two thousand dollars. If and if they sold two thousand, you know, you, you know, you get your deposit back. But if you don't, you know, they they take they take amount of money. You got to sell a certain amount. It, the show was the warm up band was on about an hour. It was about they're almost done. She comes back and says, "You get you're already done." <laughs> says, I've never seen it go so fast. You're already done. Our fans like to drink. <laughs> oh my god! Now were you? Involved, I don't remember hearing your name at all with the whole Hulk Hogan sex tape. No. You, was that another one where you <laughs> just stayed out of that, Mike? I w- you know, looking back, not not like the sex tape stuff, but everything. I wish I'd been more involved. I was, you know, he gave me the luxury of not knowing or doing. He said, all I had to do was my job. Show up, be funny, co-host, do a couple bits a week that are funny, go home, do what he didn't care. So I had the luxury of not having to be involved in anything. And so I wasn't involved a lot. So I didn't know a lot of the shenanigans that were going on. I mean, I heard lots of rumors like, yeah, there's this guy in a sex tape and this guy and this guy. And then like, really, there's like five sex tapes out there. That, but that you really did not know and I did not see. Have you even, did you ever see other than the clips that no, were not, posted? I didn't never see saw it. The, the, I didn't even know it existed until I saw it, you know, I on whatever TMZ or Gawker. Gawker. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Some people are, you know, they've got their own proclivities. <laughs> Did the whole tampering with the ratings where you saw, did you know what was going oh, on? I, yeah, that, you, I, that, that you didn't I don't, know. Surprisingly, 
you know, I was usually kept in the dark. I didn't care because I'm not really interested in doing shady stuff. As long as the checks are cashing, we're doing good in the rings. I don't care. But that was the one thing he, he personally took me back, shows me these things and says, this is what we're doing. And then we're doing, then we got a vibrating machine to make them vibrate and other stuff. And I, I want, you know, and then one day he's like, would you go change the machines for me? I got to change them every once in a while to make it look realistic. Like people are state changing the, cause they're, they're listening devices, people meters. I got to change the station to make it look realistic. You know, you can't have it just one station. And so I go out and I go out there and I get it halfway out there and I open the gate and I'm like, I ain't doing this. I'm not getting my hands on this. I can watch it and I know about it. I'm not, yeah. it's not a crime. It's just it's fraudulent see. business practices. But if I touch that, then I'm a part of it and I never touched it. Did you tell him I'm not going to do it? Was I, he okay I about it or you just let it go? and went I about see. my business. I said, he'll I never see. figure out that I didn't change the vibration or whatever. <laughs> I see. So I, I, was, I, finally, I was finally wised up. <laughs> was smart about something. I see. Now, there, there was all one more thing. And then I want to ask you, you know, how it ended and all that, Mike. But there was, okay, so you got back to Tampa and Beasley Radio, 98.7. They take a chance on bringing you guys oh. in, and you had the whole station, the whole station. You programmed it, or Bubba did, or you know what I mean. Bubba ninety eight point seven, right? Bubba ninety eight point seven. You're getting me mad, Rock. Okay. See, I'm, I'm living okay. all these things because that make I me remember. Mad. I remember when you guys did, and your fans had these cars uh. in the dark and it was the competing station. If you're out of the market, it's Cox and the Mike Halta show. And I was like, wow, I remember Alaska was out there and the amount of cars and everybody was, you know, F, F that, the, 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 the bone and all that jazz. And then that, what happened with that <laughs> one? It's a real, it's a real shame is what happened. Cause Given that opportunity, nobody get Baba ninety eight point seven plus. You know he's he had incredible market equity. He'd been in the market for I came you know well over a decade, probably close to almost twenty years at that point. Such an opportunity, Bubba, and he was doing mornings, mornings, and I had a show that I was doing on Radio IO Cluster F, and I was taking the best of that and putting it in middays. So I was doing mornings and I was doing I middays I and Ned was doing afternoons. I was doing three day parts. This was the dream of a lifetime. I was doing three and I had my, I, you know, he asked me, he said, we're going to do this, you know, new station, you know, what, what you, you'll have to work harder and you have to do that in the afternoon. And I was like, if you just build me a studio in my house, I'll do it. Cause I said, cause I'm not staying down here till midnight doing this. I'll work at home until midnight. And he built me a studio. And uh, I, was, I was in the, you know, I lived in that studio, but it was it's like, not my, this, it's not no, this I, studio? I have one, I had one in the back. Okay. And this is, it was just like a dream come true. I had a phone light in there. I was taking, uh, you know, one o'clock in the morning, Saturday, I'm on the couch, the phone will ring and it's a call for Ned. <laughs> with some drunk, some drunk guy. And it's like, oh, I had content for days. The calls I got from across the country, because we'd been on Sirius. Yes. Across the, I had regular callers that were funny, not your average radio caller. Funny people with bits, recurring bits. And then, you know, the sex, he claims like the sex tape was the reason. The sex tape wasn't the reason. It was the sex tape, it was, it was the cheating on the ratings. You're done in the industry when you cheat on the ratings. That was right. That was right. Because that station had did not have a good signal. It was hard to make it prior to that. And it was amazing on what you were able to do and bring it up. Uh, it really was. And you could, you know, the potential, it's like, if you're just crushing it, then maybe this, you know, the station will make improvements to their signal or maybe you'll, they'll syndicate you because you just crushed the Bubba 98.7 format could have been nationwide. Once again, I've been fired from every broadcast group in this uh, market, every single one. Not me. My show has been right. through, through nothing I did. Right. Well, some of the bits I did originally. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine but, trying well, to get away with half that stuff now in cancel culture no, with a corporation? No forget way. It, forget it. It would be I, so. I, I was never fined again. I'm, you know, I'm not a moron. I like to push the envelope, but you, sure. you give me guidelines and I'll, I'll do whatever you tell me. Right. But if you don't give me guidelines, I'm going to push and push and push. That's, that's always that's been my favorite do. thing to do. <laughs> well, you're good at what you do, Make man. Make people mad. <laughs> now, what? 
how, what happened at the end? Was it a combination of things that you had just put in that much that you were done? You were, you were done with Bubba. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, you know, I remember your son was working there and I know blah, blah, blah. But what, what, what was it? Did uh, you leave on your, you left on your own, correct? Or you, were you fired? Yeah, I, le- I left on my own. It was a bizarre, just a bizarre, oh, I, I mean, you, you, you got a couple hours. <laughs> bizarre tale that goes on for a while. I mean, one, you know, for what one moment he was really cool and he was trying to, you know, he was, uh, um, you know, he had his card and he was legally smoking a lot more uh, of medicinal cannabis, which is totally legal. Right. And he was really cool. I mean, and he was wanting to do shows. We were doing extra shows and he had great chemistry. We always had great chemistry. And then all of a sudden something changed and we were on Twitch and I was always trying to get him to do more stuff. It's like, I was like, this is a great opportunity, but we're a radio show. We got to do crazy stuff. You know, we, we had a thing called a hot mic where we take a break and the mic was still on, but we never did anything. And I was like, this isn't a hot mic. It's an ice cold mic. We should be, you know, doing crazy stunts during that. So he, but he wouldn't do anything. And he almost seemed like he started doing bad radio intentionally. And then he started like, you had my, he had my son in there. Yes. Not, I didn't ask him to put my son in there. He wanted my son in there. I thought he was funny. And he started like torturing him and setting him up with fake stuff and abusing him and, and belittling him to get at me. And, you know, I'm a guy and a guy. I can take a lot. That nobody, nobody worked with him even close to as long as I worked with him. I'm the only guy that could take that stuff because I take a lot, you know, I can just let it roll off my shoulders. And then one day I just couldn't take it anymore because he was being, you know, such a dick to my son. And, uh, you know, I I made a rash decision and, you know, just called it quits when I should have stayed there and and done some other things (laughs) that milked him dry for a while. But, you know. He he didn't want me there. That was quite apparent. Do you think some of it might have been because he wasn't bringing in the revenue that he used to and just figured, you know what, I'm paying, you know, I don't have, I I don't have it now. And he, he, he lost a lot of money in the lawyers and all that stuff. Do you think some of that might be? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he, like he was, is one to take advice from people who have no idea what they're talking about. He'll go, go right with it, right to the end. You know, yeah, we got to get rid of Manson. That's a good idea. Let's get rid of him. You know, he, 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 but if you listen to the shows, like you said on Sirius, you were just amazed at how fantastic, one of the, probably the greatest radio show in the history. And then if you listen now, it's almost a, tragic. It's just a bunch of sad people sitting around in the dark talking slow and just about nothing. It's like, why would you, why would you do that to yourself? It's a, some, some people have a self-defeating prophecy. They just can't have success. Have I mean, you guys I, talked since I never at all? Did, I, have you talked since no. at all or no? That's he, he, he was, see, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to get personal. He's quite a fabricator. He used to, on the air, constantly refer to me as his best friend. I'm, you know, we had nothing in common. We didn't, particularly like each other we just had a great working relationship and he was like you know i'll be my friend forever i would never fire you and uh you know we'll never speak again wow and I, unless he calls me up tomorrow and offers for me a million dollars i'll do a show with him right <laughs> I, I could do that with him we have that kind of chemistry you know we could hate each other and do a show it's interesting well, we did <laughs> i always followed opie and anthony and those two guys they hated each stand other. each they other, and they even said that they never had it, but yet had chemistry when you got on the air, and you guys did. Same I thing. Think, I think in the end, Ron and Ron were that way. Someone told me that Ron and Ron didn't even, the last couple of years, they didn't, once the mics were off, no talking to each other. I believe it. I believe it. It's, it's just a thing. If you're a radio guy and you have chemistry with someone, even if you hate them, you can, once that mic goes on, you can forget about all that stuff and do that. And then when the mic's on, you're like, yeah, I screw you. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. So, but and now I'm in charge of my own decisions. Cluster F show, uh, cluster F show.com cluster F show. I see. I don't even know my own address of <laughs> my Twitch show. I forget it from time to time. Here we go. All my stuff written down by my wife for me because I'm adult brain. Twitch.tv forward slash cluster F show every morning, weekday morning, 8 to 11. Uh, we also have the Facebook sh- cluster F show podcast and uh, YouTube cluster F show. A lot of good stuff on YouTube. Check it out. My son, he does a lot of, uh, he's got a character called Trace Hogan. 
and he he does, he's got a cheesy. Oh, I've seen him out. At, I've seen of, him out at Raymond James Stadium and oh, over the you, fence. How he got on the field the one time? Oh, you saw all. that one. You oh, saw yeah, that. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. He he's got funny. taken to Raymond James Jail. No, did he really? Yeah, and all the cops were coming up and taking pictures of him in the cell as as Trace Hogan. <laughs> and he said he said the reason he thinks he got off. Eventually, they just let him go, is because he never took the costume off. Because it was such a joke. And they were like, we can't do anything with this guy. He's harmless. He's, He's harmless. Kid. He is a smart young man. What about uh, what about the future? What do you think? Do you, do you never say never uh, in radio or entertainment or just continue to do what you're doing, Mike? Uh, what, do, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I grapple with that. I never really, you know, like I said, I've been fired from all three broadcast companies here. And nobody really seems like they really care to do anything spectacular. So I'm not really, you know, I'm not going to move. So right. this is perfect for me. And I really, I absolutely love what I'm doing now, the freedom. I mean, you're not allowed to do a lot of stuff on Twitch, but if you're smart, you can say whatever you want because you're not stupid and you're not saying stupid, inappropriate things. You're saying clever, inappropriate things. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so I guess, you know, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Cluster F Show. And it's on, you know, we have a podcast. We have a website, clusterfshow.com. And I mean, I got... I do tons of shows. I bring people in here. I do race and comedy a show about because when I was at Sirius, they you know they told us they said, we don't care what you say, you know cuss words, racism. We don't care what you say. So we're you know being someone who is a writer and somewhat of a wordsmith is yes. my passion. Yes, I was like I can say anything. And there's a black guy on a show, so I could make him say anything. And I said, would you say anything I write? And he's like, I sure will. <laughs> and he would, well, things cent. we would say. <laughs> Usually done with a clever or ironic twist, but still very shocking right. today. So this like, gives me a reason to play those today. And I have an African-American man in here with me and we analyze it. Beautiful. <laughs> so we, Beautiful. I'm doing a lot of fun stuff. Listen, man, you're talented. I'm I'm honored that you're you're on my podcast, and I've followed you for a long time. And just continued success, man. And uh, thank you so much, buddy. For you too. I'm I'm really glad to just to reconnect and hang out with Rock Riley again. And let's stay in touch, man. Let's do it. And uh, hey, for uh, my listeners, so I can plug your your oh. stuff. Give me a, come on, give me a it reverse is, plug, Rock it's Riley. It's called the Rock Stops Here. The Rock Stops Here, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Google Play, uh, The Rock Stops Here. It's those that have made it to the top and what they're doing now. And you have made it to the top and what you're doing now. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciated that. Now, it's not like I had I had not really seen Mike Waters, Manson. It's got to be 20, 23, 4 years ago. Seriously. And I hit him up, a direct message, or messaged him on Facebook Messenger, and he said, absolutely, and boom. I follow those guys. I, I follow them like a glove, man. I, I was all over it. And I'll never forget when they, because I, I you know, made my mark in the Tampa Bay market. I was at Bay News 9 uh, as the main sports anchor for 18 years. Did not renew me. And didn't do anything wrong, wasn't self-inflicted, although I wasn't on board with the high school, heavy high school coverage. I mean, if your kid is not playing in a specific high school, what kind of, it's kind of creepy if you're a man, you're really following high school kids uh, a lot. That's just my, it's just not my thing, you know? And I, I spoke up one day and maybe I shouldn't have and, you know, all right, live and learn, but, uh, but life's been good. And I enjoy what I'm doing and Manson's enjoying what he's doing as well. But you never say never. You know what I mean? You never say never. But I'm telling you what, man. I worked in the uh, Clear Channel building uh, when it was J-Core. And J-Core was the owners of uh, 970 WFLA and 93.3, the Power Pig. Hello. Power Pig. Hello. And it was just it was just so interesting. I would sit in on these meetings when they would have talk show hosts and board ops and producers, even though I was the sports guy at 970 WFLA. And I would just learn. Guys like uh, Bob Lasseter were there. Lionel was on his way out going to New York. Um, uh, Mark Larson, uh, you know, Jack and Ted. And I would just soak it all in. Gabe Hobbs was the boss and I would just listen. And a lot of great Great radio talents came out of Gandhi Boulevard. That's the that's where the station was located. Still is. 
but things have changed. Times have changed. Like I said, Manson's doing his show on Twitch. Bubba the Love Sponge Show is doing his show on Twitch. Uh, all these kids have the platforms with TikTok and all other forms that are able to monetize. Uh, you can be your own. You can be your own show. You got to have good content, though. You got to have content that's different. It's interesting, you know. So anyway, it was it, it was great. It was enjoyable. I appreciate it. I wish you all the luck in the world, Manson. And uh, we'll see how it goes from there. I, you know, just stick around, man. I'm, I'm going to try to uh, switch it up. All right. I, I told you before I interviewed Mike that there was a charity event. Now, because of COVID, all that stuff had stopped. And I've, t- I've told you on this show and, and my other Bucks kickoff podcast on Joe Bucks fan, the protocols are so strict with the NFL. I don't blame them. It's a billion, billion, multi-billion dollar industry. They don't want COVID, you know, to, to come into their into their facility. You can forfeit a freaking game now, right? There's 17 games, and if it gets through your team and you can't play in the other team, and there's no, like, you know, college they can postpone a game and try to make it up here. No. So, so far there hasn't been any postponement of any NFL games. But anyway, the, 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 the you know, it's real, real strict. You get a beeper, you can't be six. 10 foot from any player or coach. You can't do anything. You can't shake hands. You can't go near anybody. Can't get in the building. You know, that's just the way it is. So Donovan Smith, the starting uh, tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he's very uh, passionate about autism. Autism speaks. He's got a nephew that's got autism. A couple of years ago, he had a bowling tournament raising money for autism, for families where someone has autism uh, it'll connect you with the right people, help you out in your family, get you connected with doctors and awareness and all that jazz. So, this, so they didn't have the the uh, event last year, bowling, and now they decided, you know what? Why don't we do it? Why don't we do a cornhole tournament? And why don't we do it? And we'll do it outside. Although rain was threatening that day, and if it did rain, because they had this all set up, there was a firm out of New York that was running this thing. It wasn't run by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was a private company, okay? So that's why the rules, protocols were a little bit different. There weren't any. And uh, and so I didn't know what to think. So my guy Steve called me or, you know, texted me, are you interested in playing in this? Maybe you can get an interview and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, let me check my schedule. Because like, I've been doing a couple of freelance gigs. Do I have one on that day? No, I don't. I'm available. I've only played cornhole maybe one time in a game and had beers in me. And one other time, Addie, my daughter and I were walking by a board and I threw it. And another time we were in uh, Georgia and I was with her. It wasn't even a, a regulation length away. It was just an old two boards that were on this property. And we kind of threw the bags a little bit, just screwing around. That was it. I had to actually Google the rules before this tournament just to make sure I knew from three going in and then two and one on the board. And, okay, do you play on this, you know, side by side if you're a teammate? Are you opposite one another? Seriously. So I said to Steve, I said, yeah, put me in. Put me in. Why not? Go out of your comfort zone, man. Why not? So, okay, in, got the confirmation, headed to the University of South Florida. It was on one of their fields. It was on a Monday night. It was a Monday night of Manning cast where Eli and Peyton, they do that Monday night football Manning cast that Tom Brady was going to be on. So I get there. I get there in plenty of time, blah, 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 blah. Get out there, blah, blah, blah. Go to the table, register. Yep, I'm in. But I see this line of people and their autographed hounds they're those ones that sell the, sell the memorabilia and stuff like that. You can, you can just tell. I used to see it for years being in the sports business and being at games and events. I've seen this so many times. And they had bags. They had uh, helmets. They had all kinds of stuff and pictures and things to get signed. And and we were waiting online. And everybody was in kind of like a, they were in a good mood. Even the autograph hounds. Sometimes those people... Ah, they were, everybody was cool. Everybody was nice. Signed in, boom. Okay, you're Rock Riley. I don't have a partner. We'll get you a partner. There's going to be somebody else that's a single in this thing. Okay, what's your name, team name? 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, rock, rock, uh, rock on. All right, rock on. Sounds good. So I'm waiting around. They got a DJ going. They've got some stations set up for uh, local restaurants that had food. Um, and everybody was mingling around. Here come the Buccaneers. Here comes Richard Sherman, the new Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Here comes Donovan Smith, the man of the hour. A lot of his offensive line teammates. Levante David was there. Tight end O.J. Howard shows up. And it was just, you could just mingle. You could go right up to players. They were shaking hands. They couldn't have been nicer, taking pictures. Everybody, there was no, there was no washing hands. There was no uh, masks. There was no nothing. And I know how strict these protocols are in these NFL, with these NFL teams. And I was actually kind of blown away by like, wow, what if somebody here brings it, has the strain, you know what I'm saying? And even myself, you, you're touching bean bags. Nobody's washing the bean bags, or you know, it's just. And it was warm. It was a humid night, and everybody was sweating, and it was all. But the oh, oh yeah, so then boom, boom, boom. I got in with this guy. I took a couple of practice. One guy was standing. There, he goes, "Hey, want to have a couple of practice uh, throws?" I said, "Sure, sure, man." And we did. And he was a nice guy. He was an autograph guy. He was playing in it. And uh, he was asking me, who's that player? Because I can't recognize him with the helmets. I said, oh, that's uh, that's Alex Kappa. Oh, that's uh, that's Ali Marpet. No, no. Yep, that is Richard Sherman. So I was telling him he was a nice guy. And then, uh, okay, guy came over. He goes, hey, I'm on your team, man. My name is Wes. I just moved here from Michigan. Like, oh, beautiful. My name is Rock. Okay, cool. We're teammates. He knew how to play. The way he was throwing it, I could see. And then we played against a couple, a little young husband and wife, they really hadn't played before. She was a teacher. I forget what he did. Very, very nice. Very nice. So we played. The, my partner was good. And I could. I, I was pretty good. I was getting a couple in the hole. I was hitting them on. I was pretty much staying on the board. We crushed them. So we won that. And then we went to the next round. Ali Marpet came. He was right next to me throwing. I think he was a kid. I don't know who's on the other team. It wasn't like these players were on their same team. Like they were mixed in with fans and Ali Marpet didn't know the rules. And he was like, do I throw from behind the board? And I, I looked it up. I know your foot can't go past until there. He goes, all right, I'm going with this guy. And I said, oh, <laughs> Ali, uh, I ain't no expert, man. I, I, I looked it up and uh, everybody was having an incredible time. And when, when it hit me was, it's really the first time in damn near just about a year and a half, almost two years, right? At least a year and a half, year and eight months or so, whatever, since you've been able to do this. And everybody was having such a good time. It, you know, when, when something has been taken away and it's a long period and then all of a sudden you were able to do that again. You didn't know if you ever be able to mingle and shake hands with professional players and get pictures and joke and hang out all as one. There were no jagoffs. There were no jerk-offs. There was nobody that abused the situation. Everybody was polite. And it really, I, you know, and it was, by the way, we went to the third round. And then in the third round, we played these two guys. They had these shirts on, Cornhole America. And, oh, my God, when I saw what they were, they were placing it. They just, they beat us 21 to, like, I don't know, eight. They crushed us. And they eventually won the tournament. But there were about 240 players. And I would, there had to be at least 100, 150 fans that paid uh, I think it was 150 bucks just to be in, to be able to get autographs and then mingle. And it was cool. And the word was going around that Brady really did want to go. That's what I had heard. Brady kind of wanted to go. He was, you know, but he was on the Manning cast and I'm sure the audio and they have to have all that checked and sound if he was doing it from his house, wherever he was doing it. You know what I mean? That's a big show, that Manning cast on Monday Night Football. You don't just walk in your house and get on your iPhone and call in like five minutes before. <laughs> you know, that's, that's you know, your audio, video, everything's got to be checked. You're on ESPN 2, Monday Night Football, Eli and Peyton. So he wasn't able to be there. But Richard Sherman Richard Sherman's new. He played in barefoot. He played barefoot. He was cool as hell. They all were. So it was really, 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 really 
nice to see. And maybe we will be able to do more of that because I don't know where you're from, what part of the country or what country you're in. But here in Florida, it's really slowed down of people getting it. It's because the weather is actually nicer where we're outside, not in the air conditioning. Where up north in the winter, you guys are going to be inside a lot. And there might, but I don't know. I don't know if it's a strain. I don't know if it's winter. I haven't studied it as much anymore. We're COVIDed out. I saw one of my relatives in a, in a, uh, through marriage. We had an event down here and he flew in from Cincinnati. He was on World News Tonight. He was one of the longest running first wave of those that got COVID right in the beginning out of Cincinnati, Danny. And they had, I mean, he had blood transfusions. They did not know he was going to make it. He was in intensive care. He was on the ventilator. He was out. Of, I mean, I don't know. It's amazing. He's, he looks great. He looks fantastic and his skin is healthy and looks great. And I said, oh my God, you are a miracle. You know, and he goes, yeah. And then blah, blah, blah. And he signed up for a gym. I said, oh, nobody at my place wears masks. He goes, oh, me too. And I mean, this guy almost died, Danny. And he goes, people are COVIDed out. (laughs) And I said, they are. (laughs) We all are. But anyway, it was kind of cool. It really was cool to see. All right. What else is happening? Uh, My daughter was in her cheerleading competition. My son, her brother came down and we didn't tell her and he surprised her. And my, her grandparents, Emily's mom and dad were there and the girls have a great time. And it was really, really neat to see, you know what I mean? And everybody was inside and everybody was cheering and that was kind of cool. I had a really, really great time last weekend with that. As long as my daughter. So I hope you all had a good Halloween. And now we get ready for Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's here. The sea tis the season. So I hope you're going to, I hope you, everybody is doing okay. If you're dealing with health issues, I, I give you my prayers, man. I, I just, just stay strong, stay strong. Because like I said, this man that I know, Danny, was an intensive care. I mean, long. It was so long when they wheeled him out of the hospital in Cincinnati that he was on World News Tonight, and he is doing good. So whatever issue that you may be dealing with, hang strong. Stay strong. Hang in there. Your time ain't yet, you know? And uh, that's about it. So thank you to Mike Waters, Manson, Thank you to Brent Hatley a couple of weeks ago. Who do I have coming up next? All I can tell you is stay tuned. Subscribe if you're not subscribed yet to The Rock Stops here. Spread the word a little bit. That would help out. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. Same time, same place on The Rock Stops Stinking Here. On this week's episode of Crush Performance, we dip into the Crush mailbag to answer some of your very important questions. From Karen, Crush, I'm worried my son is overscheduled. How much sport does a young athlete actually need? A question from Rob, Crush, my son's losing interest in sport. How much should I push him to continue to play? And then we received a question from Jake, whose 12-year-old son has lost interest in returning to organized sport. We'll answer all of these questions. We'll look at some of the factors that are influencing our kids' decisions to play or not to play. And we'll have a serious look at some incredible physical education teachers who have taken the 1,900 students in their area to become some of the fittest and the smartest in the United States with a program they call Zero Hour P.E., So get set, everyone. We have a jam-packed episode this week on Crush Performance. Crush Performance with Jeff Cruschel can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.